Hello, welcome to the original Old World podcast, Square Based, a talk show where me, Rob, and my co-host, Mr. Val Heffelfinger from Canada, that's right, an international show, that's how open we are, uh, discuss the upcoming Old World game, and when the game launches, we'll be discussing the game in full-throated enthusiasm, maybe. Uh, potentially <laughs> whatever it is it'll be shrill yeah well yeah there'll be jokes and maybe some information hello val how are you i'm great robert it's been a long time square square base podcast is back we've got some we got some sweet delicious drips of information to talk about feels like she's right around the corner are you feeling like we're peeking here are we edging our way to the to the old world I think we are. I think we are. I think uh, there's lots to say about the old world. Uh, Val, uh-huh. and, Val and me haven't been able to record for a couple of weeks. Val has uh, just had a baby girl, him and his uh, beautiful wife. So if we could get some uh-huh. congratulations in the YouTube comments. And if this is a podcast, just a round of applause. Just do a round of applause. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to Dad Bod so, hey. for donating a gift subscription because we are recording this live. To Rogue Hobbies, uh, my life partner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is that in your chat how did that happen <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway uh, um uh so yeah we uh we the old world is is coming up uh we haven't had a chance to record for a couple of weeks uh and there hasn't been a lot of information uh but there has been one big article that happened this week which is really exciting we're still working off the grounds that we think this game is going to come out sometimes around november um and as val alluded yeah, to it sure feels like it it's been heating up as they say it's been heating up uh which has been pretty interesting do you want to give us a quick tldr of where just in case it's the first time someone's tuned into the show val where roughly yeah. what do we roughly know about the game so far like what's what we- how's it being launched what are the models etc Oh, okay. So what we know about the game so far is that this is a this is a project of SDS, the Specialist Design Studio, formerly Forge World. At war uh, with Games Workshop, main. Perhaps, perhaps currently taking part in a, an Avengers Civil War type battle with with the GW Main Studio. Uh, about a hundred years ago, um, uh, actually before they destroyed the old world, they announced the old world um, and said that it would be coming out sometime in the future. Um, and it's a it's a game that is set at the previous Great War Against Chaos, the uh, WWI to the WW2 of the end times. Um, so a couple hundred years back in time, um, when uh, BBP, when, uh, the battle before Prague, <laughs> yes, yes before the battle of Prague. Yeah, BBP, uh, the battle of Prague, uh, the battle of Prague is our uh, is our year zero where we think we're leading towards. So everything we talk about from this yes. point on will be BBP before battle, battle of Prague. Battle. Okay, yeah, no, we did get it because we screwed it up the first time we tried we to make did. that accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, so yeah, so that's that's sort of the the general setting. Uh, some very fascinating things have been dripping out as they've been revealing more and more of it, namely a uh, bifurcation of the ranges between AOS and um, and uh, the old world. Of course, a lot of well, all of Age of Sigmar was initially based on the miniature range designed and developed for uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Uh, but now as we're seeing the armies being revealed uh, in these little developer diaries, uh, we're seeing that a lot of models uh, that would seem to make sense to uh, be used in both ranges are not present. Uh, they're, not, <laughs> they're not being used. Most notably uh, in the last uh, release, we saw that the tree man is the old pewter tree man uh, for the wood elves. And there's all <laughs> kinds of nice little Easter eggs that we're going to see in today's release too. <laughs> Um, there's some uh, conspicuous absences I'd love to talk about. Um, so, so yeah, there's there's that part, and uh, yeah, we're just we're just weaving our way along to the, the release of the old world. And today's the first time we've heard anything, anything whatsoever about the direction they're taking with the rule set. And uh, they gave us basically no actual information. Uh, but uh, it, the the one main takeaway to me is that this is not just going to be a rehash of either 6th or 8th edition. It does seem to be a game unto itself. 
Okay, well, let's. I don't want to. I don't want to go through the preamble any longer. But just another quick recap. I want to just talk about this from a personal perspective. When this mm-hmm. was when this was announced, but earlier on in the year, when it seemed like it was definitely going to be uh, arriving this year, we decided we were going to start doing the square based podcast. Uh, square square based square based. Uh, and then um, uh, and Val obviously had already been playing Warhammer Fantasy Battles before. I uh, earlier in the year. Uh, had said that there is no way this game isn't going to be a thunderous success. Uh, a couple yeah. of reasons why, uh, and I'd like to point this out. The Old World, or the Warhammer Fantasy Battles was destroyed just before the launch of Warhammer Total War. Uh, millions yeah. of units of that game sold. Millions and millions of units. Not including millions. things. Not including, <laughs> across three different games, three different launches. Yeah. And not including yeah. things like Vermintide, which also uh, uh, was massive and launched a popular acclaim. So the IP was incredibly uh, well received uh, and supported, and Games Workshop itself, uh, as we discussed, uh, Games Workshop, the company whose CEO makes 1.4 million and 56 times the base pay of its average employee, um, has made a record growth, which it has not passed on to its employees uh, over the past six years, uh, or not equitably passed on. Sorry, I should be clear. Um, and uh, some scraps some scraps but you know they didn't even match inflation (laughs) but doubled their dividends to it doesn't matter um uh, the uh but either way i was like there's no way that this could not be a resounding success i shouted at the chat round with the chat me and the chat shouting at each other they were like no way rob and i was like are you kidding me this is much more relatable fantasy ip than so much of the other ip that they produce it's so instinctively and institutionally understandable all they gotta do is make some rules and get some new minis out there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well maybe half of that's true <laughs> and i uh and i and i am i want you to know that from that uh hyperbolic confident uh young man uh at the beginning of the year i am now i would say devastated i just want to be clear devastated <laughs> no okay. Uh, devastated. Devastated. okay i don't i don't think we could have seen the only reason um the only reason i think uh it's like the launch just itself the uh, the marketing around it has been done in my opinion just really badly uh like uh, and also some of the decisions have also been pretty bad but the marketing itself is is what i would like to it's been mixed messages uh very unclear messaging it's quite clear that the marketing department have so while like sds might be constrained we'll never know those things on what they can release what they can't release and we'll talk about that as we go through um uh, you know, or maybe they just wanted to revisit this specific set of miniatures in time. Uh, the marketing around that could have been much clearer messaging. Uh, you know, earlier on they said uh, that some of the some of the miniatures were going to be fine cast, and recently someone confirmed to me that that is absolutely not true, and there'll be yeah. zero fine cast minis. But they never articles... said actually. They never said fine cast. They never said they said resin. So metal. that's a good old fat, oh, metal and plastic. So, but metal oh, okay. is comical. Metal, metal is hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. like, if anything, maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe my increase in my disappointment has been due to the messaging versus, you know, if they'd have just slapped it out initially and said we're going to do this, I think maybe I'd have been in a better place mentally. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it could be worse. This could be like epic uh, horse heresy, which they basically are launching in a footnote. Although they're getting more hype on Warhammer community right now, but that's like a, an entire system with an entirely new range of miniatures. Uh, and, uh, and it's to me just sort of an afterthought. And so I think that's kind of funny. Uh, uh, old world hasn't even re- really reached afterthought status yet. Um, well, and, and it's going to be released on the heels of that, which is kind of fascinating. To me. And to, and to like add fuel to the fire, we've got rogue hobbies in the chat, a former Warhammer Masterclass TV presenter, uh, was uh, was not allowed to never paint, heard of her. Uh, was never allowed to paint specialist design studio minis in Masterclass. Uh, so you're talking about the marketing wing of Games Workshop, specifically not able to help. So maybe the marketing, I don't know about you, like the marketing is bad to the point where I would argue maybe intentionally bad. I think that's a, a fair statement, right? Um, Anyway, should we talk about the article? I think we've covered where we're at so far, right? Absolutely. Uh, so the uh, so they, they they were for they were given their uh, sub one thousand words quota uh, per month that they're allowed <laughs> to write about the old world. Contractually uh, obliged. This feels yes. like when when someone has signed like an eleven album deal and they're on album nine and they're like, <laughs> "There's there's twenty one songs." <laughs> like, <laughs> 
little, okay. Little machine music. Here we go. Right. Well, so the development diary, 24th of July. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Dot dot dot. What an what an enthralling title. Can we do? Can we can we go through like a kind of exercise? Can we mm. read this? As if we know the author is trying to tank the product. Can we try to read it that way? Versus, like, I was going to say, we could, we could also read it as, uh, as though the author is pleading for us to help. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, please help us. Help, please. Come, please. come and find us. I am in the in the basement. At one Games Workshop way or whatever their fucking address is. Anyway, all right, let's go because. Because there's actually some fun stuff in here, and I would say, Rob, that um, my my um, passion for this has not decreased uh, because okay. um, I tried really hard to fall in love again with 40k, and uh, she's just not moving the needle. You know, the, <laughs> there's no bustle in the hedgerow. There's no nothing. I am. I just this though. When I look at this, this these these this picture. I don't know if we have the pictures up yet. We will do. at the top of the article. Uh, when I look at it, when I look at these these arrayed battle lines on big old square basses, uh, it just it just for whatever reason this is where I'm at in my life. This is what I want, and it's coming in some form. So I am still enthusiastic about this, and it's great to at least see some commentary on what the game might be like in some small facets. Uh, so why don't we why don't we start talking about what they told us? Okay, all right. Let's start at the top, shall we? When we embarked when we embarked upon our door oh, so hold on. The old world team are back again in another development diary. This time an exciting look at some of the changes of rules from previous iterations of right. Warhammer. Don't think we've got a name Wait. anymore. I, I by the way, you you kind of screwed up the bit you were trying to do. The old world team is back again <laughs> with another <laughs> development diary. This time with an exciting look at some of the changes to the rules from previous iterations of Warhammer. Okay, all right, that works better, thank you. I don't know if I could, I'll try and hit that. <laughs> when we embarked... Now we're upon, back. Yeah. When we now, embarked, we have, now we're the designers here. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're begging for help. Now oh, we're begging for help. They're begging for help. When we embarked on the daunting task of designating war, designing Warhammer, the old world... Yeah, who wants this? We wanted to create a modern game in the mold of Warhammer Fantasy Battle. A reimagining of like a classic, I guess, tabletop war game that would appeal to both <laughs> that would somehow appeal to veterans of the old world. Have you met them? And newcomers. There are none. And this most vulnerable of fantasy realms alike. With this in mind, we set about playing like three games, okay? <laughs> and there's an asterisk there and the asterisk if you scroll down the footnotes corresponds to we were not given access to any molds uh <laughs> what explain that to me modern game in the uh the modern game in the mold of warmer fantasy battle but they 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 were not allowed to use any molds there's there's they're not allowed to use molds these are all hand sculpted uh, uh miniatures finely oh, crafted here we go crafted. okay um, all right all right all right okay, so let's just, just give so the people what they want yeah, so like we've got uh we we set about playing lots of games, I guess. Uh, so let's let's look at our first picture. We've got a lovely little dwarf army there, though. They are wicked, aren't they? Some of them yeah. very old. Those slayers look awful. Still, still slaying it after all these years. Awful. You think they look awful? <laughs> those are those are cherished. I want to here. Can we? Uh, I want to point something out here. Uh, uh, this is not. This is subtext here. This is the analysis that you come to Square Bash for. None of the characters are in units. Yes, they are. None of the characters are in units. This is true. They are separate. No one, units. no one has noticed this anywhere that I have seen. But none of the characters are in units. And for anyone who hasn't played Warhammer Fantasy Battles, putting characters inside of units to give them all sorts of buffs and cool things to protect them—that is kind of like one of the biggest parts of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. But so what, the, what this shirt? Forty K thing. Uh, this is this actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They seem to be using a design principle from sort of AOS and 8th and 9th edition 40K. Uh, and 40K, of course, as we know, has gone to characters being in units for 10th edition 40K. So uh, what was the title again? Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. There we go. Everything old is new again. Uh, yeah, so the characters are not in units. So our assumption, maybe, is that the characters themselves uh, attach to units at the side as opposed to 
inside the unit making movement or they or they operate independently you know like because they're not even attached to the units some sort of some form of yes independent character if you will uh but that also to me says maybe we're going to deal with a lot more auras and they hint at this later so we can keep going okay all right okay great uh i like the the lion chariots of thrace being back that's great it's Um, a hot model i like that one yeah for several uh, for several months the designers regularly assembled to play games of, I don't know who's doing this now, of every edition of Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy Battle, reminding ourselves of rules that in some cases we just hadn't played for decades. Because guess what? We didn't care about this until we had to resell it. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we wanted to identify which part of the classic game we enjoyed the most and which parts we felt could be improved upon. Here are some of the tweaks we've made to the rules. Okay. Just a couple tweaks here, guys. Just some tweaks for all imagine, the old heads out there. Imagine a game so good that you've decided not to play it for decades. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a game that was first launched in 1983, okay? So, like, you know, I mean, I, I'm just saying, who's playing for, who out there is playing first edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Probably not a lot of people. What I'm saying, when they released Blood Bowl, they weren't like, they weren't like, hey, we've never played Blood Bowl. We've done Blood Bowl. They were like, Blood Bowl is active as hell right now. And everyone's playing Blood Bowl. We're doing Blood Bowl. Uh, and, there, and as you pointed out, there was lots of active fantasy, right? Uh, what I mean, there there is some active fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Most uh, of, mo- yeah. Anyway, we're continuing. Yes, 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 yes. Warhammer the Old World is a game of mass combat. Large armies formed into regiments. Uh, yeah. Today, uh, it's a regiment units that advance with grim intent towards the foe. Rules encourage players Ooh. to field units. I know, grim intent. Uh, to field units of varying sized base on their type. Wait, varying varying size based on their type and role. Perhaps most importantly, the formation units adopt, how wide or deep they are, are just as significant as where they are deployed and how quickly they advance. And again, another shot where all of the characters are not in units. No, no characters in units. No characters in units. In fact, right at this, almost a little bit of a Game of Thrones finale moment here. The characters way out in front. <laughs> I, although I guess no, Game of Thrones they would have the artillery in front. So yeah, okay, so still not so so bad. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and suspect that uh, that uh, you know this isn't necessarily a, a battle report or played by anyone who's played the rules very much. Uh, but it is a very pretty photo of uh, some high elves uh, lurching across the field towards some some uh, some orcs, uh, some very specific orcs. Yeah, I well, will note. let's well, let's can we talk about this? Can we talk about this photo in more detail? So I'll try and make this bit as big yes. as possible, uh, because there's some exciting stuff in here. Number one, the return of the stone troll. Now this is quite interesting because uh, there are new stone trolls in Warhammer: Age of Sigma. Um, uh, and these are stone trolls that have been re-square based uh, to a different base size to their previous base size. Um, and I think uh, new... go on, Rob. Those are not those are not those trogoths. Those are those are stone trolls. Those are stone trolls on forty millimeter bases. I could go yeah, to no, go. To, I could what I'm, swear. What I'm, what, no, uh, no, so those sorry. are one hundred percent. Those are not the new plastics. No, no. I I'm saying no. Uh, yes, I, I was also saying the same. What I was saying was. Is that those, oh, sorry. Stone, yeah. those stone trolls aren't old stone trolls that have been put in a picture? They're new old stone trolls that have been put on right. bigger, yes, okay, Sorry, <laughs> I should have been clear about that. They're new old ones that have been repainted or painted up new and then stuck on square, a bit larger bases. Um, and so I don't. Uh, go on. Uh, I'm not sure that they are on larger bases. I think those. So oddly, I think those are 40 millimeter bases. Uh, which is what the stone troll used to be on. They're on a 50 millimeter base now in Sigmar, um, which is super annoying. Um, so yeah, uh, the base sizes in general here is, is is something interesting to take take a look at because um, this is the first time we've seen more than just the a small infantry base, pretty much. Um, so uh, one thing that was big in in fantasy is that the the smallest uh, base used to be 20 millimeters wide. Uh, and so in most games, the smallest base is 25 millimeters. So they've brought that up. So it used to be that large infantry were on 25 millimeter bases and, uh, and small infantry on 20 millimeter. So what we're seeing here, that's kind of interesting to me, is that, and I kind of was having a chat with uh, the Great Book of Grudges on Twitter, who seems to have not held a grudge against me, which is nice. 
and nice. he says, uh, he says uh, that uh, they were sort of looking at things. We know, or we're pretty sure that cavalry has moved from a 25 by 50 millimeter base to a 30 by 60 millimeter base, which would say that large infantry should probably be on a 30 by 30 millimeter base. Orcs used to be large infantry. And it looks to me like that might be a 30 millimeter base on on the orcs. Um, so, but my point is, these so, are all old miniatures, but new old miniatures because they're on older. They're on new big bases. They are on new big bases, except for specifically the stone trolls, who are on the old. So it uses oh, so 40 so millimeter bases. That was not. <laughs> That's right, and actually. Actually, uh, this this what's being hinted at, I think, is that the only new base types are cavalry and uh, and and large infantry and small infantry. Because everywhere else, if you look at that chariot base that the that the uh, the the uh, the boar chariot there is on, and the white lines of thrace, that sure looks like an old fashioned fifty by hundred uh, millimeter uh, chariot base. We'll see some other pictures coming up where it looks like um, most of the other base sizes have remained consistent, which to me was sort of an open question. Um, so it looks like there's a very specific basis that are changes, but a lot of them actually won't change. Okay. All right. But either way, my point is, sorry to, to go back, um, is that a, a lot of uh, miniatures, which should have been retired, as an example, uh, the, uh, the, the chariot with led by, I think they're meant to be pigs. I mean, who could really? Tell? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you look at the two little tiny. So that 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 chariot is from uh, a, a starter set. I want to. Is that maybe the same? Whatever the orcs were in battle. Is that battle for back black pass? Um. Anyway, they uh th that that's where that chariot comes from, and you can see the 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 really cool. I think uh, orc boar orc boar boy riders. Um, their boars are substantially larger than the boars on the chariot. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's a very derpy old starter box chariot, uh, uh, starter box, um, uh, model as is the warlord that's in front of them. Uh, well, he's, well, he's well, also a like starter box model. Everyone says that they're just raiding, they're riding baby boars. So like, they're just, they're just baby, the adolescent boars versus are used ones. in chariots only. Yeah, you don't want and too much power on your chariot. Also, war bosses, like a, <laughs> like a teenage boar. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, so, uh, and this this picture, and we talked about this before, but this obviously references uh, the ongoing internal Games Workshop struggle, where uh, none of the updated sculpts, Stone Trolls being one of them, uh, you know, uh, and a bunch of other sculpts in there as well. Um, obviously not used, uh, they're not cross-pollinating them, or it doesn't seem to be they're not cross-pollinating them. I can't see any yes. pollination here, um, which is wild. So here's, here's, so this is actually something too. So this conspicuous absences. So the, the, the Trogoths are not being used, obviously, we know that. But also, who's not here? There are no night goblins in this picture. I can't imagine uh, them showing off an orc and goblin army um in 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 warhammer fantasy previous editions without fanatics without night goblins um the now gloom spike gets uh they are not here uh <laughs> which is kind of messed up um and uh, just blows my mind <laughs> it just blows my mind Wait, what was, what was uh, the, i'm very confused what was the book called uh that this army came from Orcs and goblins. There are goblins, but they're the old. They're they're, they're the just regular ass goblins. There's no there's no night goblins in this picture. Right. So okay. so they have stolen the mushroom eating, uh, fucking, uh, drug addicts out of warmer fantasy for the time being. Uh, they will all have rules, of course. They've said that very clearly. Um, but uh, like that's that's just that's just sucks. I'm I'm upset about it. Uh, that they're not front and center because they're has, my favorite someone thing. Someone has corrected you in the chat. Uh, the Doom Diver at the back may Doom well Diver be is a... not a Night Goblin uh, oh, unit. Not. Doom Diver is not a Night Goblin yeah, imagine unit. Imagine coming no, for Val not. on this. Yeah, imagine, right? Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no Night Goblins in this now. They are omitted. <laughs> Maybe Night Goblins were stuck in a civil war and regarded as a myth at the time. Thank you, Fizerta. Very good, very good uh, backwards uh, justifying lore there. That's the previous article where they explain where 
why so many of the factions are just too busy to participate right now. Uh, yes, they the night goblins the are, are. Yeah, yeah, they're they're Can squabbling. Can I play in that uh, war? No. no. The night can't. goblin unit also one of like is like one of the most ancient plastic kits that exists, um, and uh, multi part plastic kits that exists, and is like a bastion of of fantasy. Anyway. Uh, that was one of my grabs. Also, no giant. I don't think I've ever seen an orc and goblin army uh, from the studio arrayed on a battlefield without a giant. Wall. They go to another. They're... school. <laughs> they go to. It another was actually school. the ceiling. Very low ceilings. They couldn't couldn't fit in here. Um, so can yeah. I, can I play uh, in that war? Can I play in that war? No. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, hopefully, the giant gets new rules uh, in in old world because they always had the same bad rules. Well, he's, he, the, the giants are a core part of the the Age of Sigmar range now. So unless I, they do um, yes. an updated one, uh, so again, there is a pewter. There's a there's a pewter giant they could theoretically trot back out. Um, and there's a number of there there is a there 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 are a number of forge world giants as well. So we'll probably see giants, but maybe not the the ale guzzler giant or whatever the hell he was can we not skip um, over this I, I want to know what your thoughts are like the chat youtube people at home everyone i just want to know straight up this yeah. just is age of sigmar and fantasy your toys can't be the same end convo seems to be the statement this picture is telling us what do you think about that well i think it's incredibly stupid rob um it seems very very dumb um, and a good way to uh, alienate or discourage people from playing the game. That being said, I mean, if we are going forward to the real-ish world that I'm sure this game will be played in, um, certainly anything that uh, I participate in will definitely be uh, minis agnostic because we're not even just looking at Citadel ranges. We're looking at you know 3D printed ranges, um, all that kind of stuff. There's so many places where you can pull really, really awesome sculpts to fill out this amazing world. Um, so, yeah, it's dumb that they're kind of going to be forcing people to be like, oh, I don't want to play with this shitty sculpt. I'm just going to 3D print it. Whereas they could have released, like, for example, that entire Orc and Goblin army on, on, on the left-hand side there, you could print that, actually, every single model. Every single model has a multi-part kit available from, oh, come on. Damn it, brain! Why? Titan Forge. No, they actually they they used to make kits for. Um, uh, I have to go to my Patreon. No, Highland's good, but no, Highland has a really good Night Goblin Avatars range. Avatars of War. Um, Avatars, Avatars of <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. We got okay. there, everybody. Avatars of War has almost that has actually that entire range that's on the left hand side uh, available uh, in amazing amazing sculpts uh they just released black orcs on the right side though let's we're not looking at it we, we've got a fairly recently sculpted and designed i think most of the high elves came out in seventh edition um uh including Alariel. hey did you see that is that Alariel? Yeah. no maybe that's not no no in the middle that's a there's no the, it's I not her master of hoeth uh sorry, he, the, yeah yeah he's right next to the general yeah, or Master think, of Hoeth. I think he's older, but the wizard further up at the back was a fairly new plastic. I thought. Um, Other way around. I think the 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 Lore Master of Hoeth is an eighth edition guy, and the oh, one in the yeah. back that might be the one from. She might be Isle of Blood, um, in the middle there. Anyway, um, but the uh, those weird friggin' um, flying chariots, like those things, for a long time were hundreds of dollars on eBay. Uh, if you wanted to get one, I should have sold the one I got from you. Whoopsie doodle. Um, and uh, and yeah, so like I mean, the high elves I think are are awesome, and the orcs look orky, but you know these are ancient sculpts. Okay, all right. Well, so sky cutters. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, the chat seemed to just think that it's insane. Some people, a uh, strange uh, strange actor says, uh, this is their way to phase out models of AOS without pissing people off. It's interesting. Um, okay, right. The rules encourage units with wide frontages, but the ideal number of models per rank is decided by the player, not enforced by the rules. To do this, we've ensured that as many models as possible can fight in combat, giving even those models that are within the fighting rank but not in base contact with the enemy the opportunity to bring their weapons to bear. Should we stop there for yeah, a moment? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot interesting going on there, for sure. 
Uh, one is that immediately they are so there's there's the good part and the bad part. The good part is that to me says that the game is gonna care a little bit less about what size bases you have. So that's a nice takeaway. So if if you're really worried about your guys not being on the right base sizes, doesn't really matter. Anyone who's in the front rank is gonna get to swing anyway. That used to be a really big like in fantasy battles eighth edition. If you had if, if I had my 20 millimeter dudes on 25s and you had your 20 millimeter dudes on 20s, it actually really does change who can fight and all kinds of stuff. Now, the bad part of this, potentially, is wide frontages. <coughs> and the reason why I say that is potentially bad is you're making units' footprints wider and bigger um, just because you're putting them on larger bases. And this is a game already that stretches out sort of along a, a long line. Um, and so you're making things maybe a little bit less maneuverable. Maybe you're jumbling up the table a little bit more. You're clogging things up. So we'll be interesting to see how that mechanic pays out. And also, one of the most hated rules, two of the most hated rules from Fantasy Battles 8th Edition were uh, Horde, which encouraged uh, 10 wide formations, and, um, and as well as Steadfast, which encouraged really deep formations. Um, so it looks like the most hated rules from 8th edition or at least in spirit here uh, which is a bit strange okay uh, I mean I, I I quite like the idea of hordes I think one of it's one of those things which uh, weirdly uh, is more of a in, inexperienced person so I got into wargaming with Warhammer Fantasy Battles so obviously like just the very concept of hordes was super fun of course uh, I was a big I mean I, I collected loads of armies uh, Chaos Dwarfs, uh, Lizabeth were one of my favourites as well so sometimes you would have like quite a lot of Saurus and then when you finally sat yep. down and, and painted 50 Saurus you were like oh my god this is actually an incredible task uh, much easier with Slapchop.tm if only I'd known Hell yeah. if only I'd known about myself back then um, but the uh, it, it's a lot like just looking at these minis on the tabletop like wow get, putting together you know 30 white lions which would be your like elite unit but that's the elite unit inside the elite elves and as you get towards orcs and goblins you would have an amazing amount but unit fillers are cool that works really well um, yeah so yeah fillers are dope I think that works really well, and people. I should. You should. We should probably encourage unit fillers on the show. So if you don't know what we're talking about, if you have a a ten by five size unit, uh, then you could just take some larger bases and stick them in the middle. You don't need to have fifty dudes. You can have fifty. You have thirty dudes and some bits in the, in the middle of it, which is fine. And uh, actually, I like the community was always really torn up about whether or not fillers were cool or not. Um, and I always thought that like there were a great opportunity to like create little dioramas inside units. Uh, you could add all kinds of personality. I think they were a really great hobbying opportunity, but they could also just be an empty base in the middle of your unit. <laughs> so, you know, depending on, depending on how you, you approach it, it, I think either one is fine uh, to be honest with you, but I do think that there's like cool stuff you can do with, with unit fillers. Yeah. So uh, sorry, just to, get to, to finish that thought off though, um as val pointed about hordes mechanically are a great question um uh because it kind of makes sense especially with some of the armies like skaven but hordes to produce and put on the tabletop absolutely a barrier to entry in so many ways so out like so many models uh you know the, i think it's fair to say that the model count for most 40k and age sigma armies are smaller than they used to be uh, or at least they were smaller than maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I'm sure over the course of 30 to 40 years, there's been a lot of variance between different ranges. But, you know, like yeah. as, a, as a learned lesson. So this is definitely a push towards historicals level gaming, in my opinion. Lots yeah. of models. Yeah. It, like eighth, eighth got real big. Um, this, I mean, here, I mean, I was just counting. So that unit of work boys, the second one down uh, is 28 models. So, I mean, that's a beefy unit like if you're putting together 28 models and I'm, we've also been seeing this odd rank formation of seven wide uh i think this is the second time we've so, so i'm gonna count that again three uh six it sure looks like seven wide on that big unit right combined with the freedom to create and arm characters as you choose from a wide Ooh. range of options players have a lot of strategic choices to make when building their units and writing their muster lists choices that will in turn inform their tactics on the battlefield it feels like that's a bit of a non-sentence but do you feel like there's more in there 
Um, well, apparently, uh, maybe that's an indication to the AOS fans out there, or like the AOS not fans out there, that you're going to have magical items and and cool gear and stuff to equip your characters with, and you get all get all crunchy with that stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, 40k has gone the other way as well. So uh, maybe that's what that's referring to. Hopefully, I don't know. Yep. Yep. It also... Putting heavy armor on all your units, barding on your horses. You know, barding. Barding. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, so muster lists is an interesting term. They're muster lists. Uh, they, so to, that's to muster. That's to muster an army. So that's to put together your list. So that's the mustering phase. Yeah. The mustering phase. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that the mustering phase is you with a quill and parchment. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other people. Oh, thank you to Mr. J H Miniatures for raiding us. That's very lovely of you. Uh, my name is Rob, and this is Val Heffelfinger. Uh, and we are talking about the Old World Development Diary, if anyone's interested. And we will not be painting. So, sorry about that. It's because we don't believe in painting. No painting. No we, painting. Don't believe it. we don't believe in it. Only ShamWow and Slapchop. Gets in the way. Gets in, Gets the, in way. the way of a good game, I say. <laughs> All right, let's break way. that enemy. All right, one thing we're keen for Warhammer the Old World to represent was the push and pull of battle. Capturing the way in mm. which a hard-pressed army will gradually succumb to fatigue and attrition. To achieve this, units that lose a round of combat will often give ground reluctantly rather than immediately breaking or fleeing, while the winner can advance to press their advantage. Pretty interesting because in the old game, just for everyone, if you remember, uh, if you failed a leadership test, your unit would run away, your opponent could roll some dice, and if they caught you, your whole unit was wiped, um, uh, leading to some uh, cinematic dice rolls. Uh, that felt a, li- that yes. felt a little unfair, right? A, a game of cinematic dice rolls, you might say. Um, also, uh, the Mighty Fortress has been spotted uh, in the background of this photo. Will it be coming back? Rebased. Why not? Why not? Re- rebased. Rebased Mighty Fortress, everyone. Um, can we scroll down just a titch? Just yeah, sure. The photo? Sure. Okay, let's look at this photo. By the way, that, that castle, awful. Of its day, As great. First- as first reported here on Square Bast, the steam tank rolls again into battle. Battle, um, but that's also staying say staying in Age of Sigma. Isn't that interesting, right? So there are like clear. I don't know if they had a draft or what the hell they did to determine what <laughs> makes it or not makes it. Um, they. Uh, it was not so- a draft. It was definitely a bowl with bits of paper in. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you've got the uh, the War Altar of Sigmar. So, like, that is, um, again, I have too many of those that I should have sold before this photo was published. Whoopsie doodle. Um, but I will note as well that the uh, the demigriffs um, are on monstrous cav bases. And on the right-hand side, you can see what I was saying about the stone trolls. Those are but those look to me like almost certainly 40-millimeter bases. Um, and it's a little easier here to see the size difference in the bases between the orc boys and the empire. So, yeah, you probably... There is a large infantry base. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the push and pull stuff, apparently in third edition, this was a mechanic um, that kind of um, re- was was in place before they had the sort of flee and like cut your enemies down if you catch them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, a lot of the issues to me is that in, in, 40, in, in fantasy right now, at least with the armies I play, a lot of the damage is actually dealt in in the fact that like if you break your opponent you chase them down you kill them so when you have these massive blocks of infantry that you got to choose chew through it's not as big of a deal if you can break them and run them down um so i'm I'm very curious to see how this mechanic plays out because it will be significantly different Uh, i think uh i think looking at this uh, i mean one of the big takeaways for me about this particular picture is no movement trace on this board like none they never photograph they never photograph with movement trace that's okay Like if, right. if you go back and look at any of the, the rule books, they never have movement trays on the on the on the field, which is why as a child I didn't play fantasy with movement trays because I didn't know they existed. <laughs> this was before the internet, uh, so hilarious. That is pretty funny. Uh, okay, I mean, like uh, the and there's our free guild guard um, recently uh, squatted from uh, Age of Sigma, now reemerged in the old world, uh, battling it out. Um, which is pretty fun. You've got, you've got artillery pieces. You got artillery artillery pieces on um, on bases. That's another new thing that never used to be the the case. Um, 
Oh which is yeah, kind of interesting. That is interesting as well. I mean, ultimately, I just think this is a really bad sales pitch as a picture. I think it's pretty wonderful. Really? Yeah, like I get it. Like, there's a lot of remember berries here, a lot of nostalgia, but like you know, especially looking at modern games, like their pictures, their art, their the way that they showcase stuff. Um, I don't think that looks particularly brilliant. I don't know about you. Uh, looks like I mean these are still these are still fundamentally teases, right? Like so, like they're not they're not trying to show us too much. So the, Although we do have so our first recorded combat uh, between the stone trolls and those uh, knights panther. I don't know what the hell those guys are. Oh, congratulations! Um, oh, and it looks old, like that is it. Looks like there's a flank charge from a chariot. Flank charge from a chariot. Where? Uh, to the right of the stone trolls. Looks like there's a flank. Uh, oh yeah, a little hint there. Is that? But, Potentially a, a goblin pump wagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. A pump wagon. Uh, okay. Uh, quickly, we, uh, players will quickly learn, however, that a cunning enemy will use the push and pull of battling uh, units to lay traps, and an advancing unit runs the risk of exposing its vulnerable flank to well-timed counter charges. Uh, so uh, you might not want to go past the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, the classic double fleeing skinks. Very good. Uh, um, uh, um, and, and then you get counter charge, which is bad. Yeah, and that's actually the first thing I thought of when I when I heard this mechanic was that like okay, so if I push my if I push, you know, a, if there's a line of units and I push one of them back and I'm following through into them, now the units to my left and my right can just charge me in the side. So I'm I'm very curious to see how that mechanic actually works because on its face it feels not good, but again, like we know so little about what they're actually talking about. And probably the author, too, has no idea what they're talking about. So the, none of these things could be <laughs> <laughs> part of the game. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Uh, all play, right, so the power of magic. So that's the next bit. So wait, So there's not much to pick up from this, this section, apart from the push and move mechanic. So there's something new in there, which is kind of fun. So, yeah, breaking and fleeing is going to be very different, I think, is the takeaway. And that was, like, a really essential mechanic of the game. So, yeah, that's a big deal. And it was a it was a really bad mechanic of the game as well. Like let's be fair, like it was. I think it was really weak source. Um, like because in the yeah, it was such a pivotal um, resource shift in the game for such a uh, like uh, yeah. un unpredictable dice. Yeah, and um, there were ways there were ways to do it too, where you know you could get like a small unit to break very large units, and anyway, yeah. So yeah, probably a place to improve or iterate for sure. Power magic. Magic is integral to the game. Though the mechanics of its use are simple, the untutored wizards of the old world practice strange laws of magic of their own devising. Uh, apart from, obviously, High Elves, Slan, none of those are actually untutored wizards. In fact, they are the tutoring wizards, but never mind. Mm -hmm. uh, manipulating mm -hmm. the winds of magic and crafting spells that suit their purpose. While such recklessness might alarm some, it gives wizards the freedom to cast a wide range of spells with ease. And there's a picture of some wizards. Um, to mm -hmm. this, uh, now, that's a good shot. That's a good photo. Okay. Yeah, it's is, is pretty. I'm digging on that. To reflect this, spellcasting has been liberated and spread throughout the different phases of the game, rather than restricted to just the hero to the magic phase. In doing so, we've ensured that every spell available to a wizard can have significant impact on the battle if cast in the right place at the right time. Situations where a single spell can decide the outcome of the battle are rare. Focus has shifted from keeping uh, track of dice balls or hands of cards into the positioning of wizards. This means players will have to plan ahead, moving their wizards as carefully as the other unit to both ensure they can bring their magic to the right place at the right time and ensure they can count the spells of enemy wizards. Ooh. Okay, so what's your takeaways from that section? Well, I mean, that to me speaks to characters being outside of units and that and aura-based abilities um, being a thing in, in Old World. And also it lines up with the 10th edition 40K thing of taking magic out of its own phase. Which, I mean, I love the magic phase in 8th edition. I know that's 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 a hard thing to say. I know we we disagree on that, Mr. At Six Dice Skills. Uh, but uh, the thing is that taking the magic phase away and making it happen throughout the game also... There are just armies that aren't very magical, you know, like that don't have... Uh, that tool in their kit and they just don't participate in that phase as a result dwarves being one um you know corn and everything so like that creates a situation where like inbuilt in the game you have a pretty hard to overcome point of imbalance whereas 
when you make it so that magic is just another ability that a character can have, I think that makes it easier to smooth out because you can give the non-magic wielding characters different abilities. They're not magic based; they're just different abilities. So, I don't mind it. I I just I just love my eighth edition magic phase and and managing it and and it's kind of a fun mini game to me. Although it did have some real lopsided spells in it that you know made people not like the game a lot. I still really liked it. So anyway, I, I don't think this is particularly groundbreaking, but it does hint at, I think, the fact that characters are not in units and that things are going to be more about area of, area of effect. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. You've obviously alluded to it, uh, and someone in the chat's pointing out that Magic in 8th edition was just awful uh, from a gameplay perspective, like painting 2,000 points of minis for someone to roll six dice at the start of the game and then win the game was like, this is just a just bad... Like- like, a bad game bro it's like your opinion that's just like your opinion man <laughs> it's just like the worst dude so like you know and and i'm really i'm really kind of in on that at the minute like where a mechanic should be fun or it shouldn't be in like and if something is bad like as in makes everyone feel bad then it should be out like while it must be really fun to just cast one spell and win the game um like don't make me travel to meet you set all my minis up and then do that because that sounds terrible uh, to me personally. Don't build a list that can be beaten by one spell. Oh, that cool. would be what I, I would just say. won't buy ogres or lizardmen or like a million other armies, shall I not? Dwarfs. <laughs> shall I just not buy them? I guess what that's if I your like problem them? is you just you were just horny for initiative fucking one yeah, unit. That's my that fault. Was your problem. It's my fault. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me with my avocado and toast and no and no uh and no mortgage. That's my fault. Right? That's me. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Okay. All right. Yeah. I recycle, but climate change is my fault. Uh, right. Okay. So, yeah, but True. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, uh... <laughs> I, like, I like that that's the most genuinely mad you've been at me in some time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm good. That, I'm glad that they're changing magic personally. Um, yeah. No, think... it's, it's, it's it, yeah. yeah. I can it's... see a lot of good reasons to do it that way. And I think it, it does make it easier to make sure that all armies participate at all times rather than like you say there was a lot of one-sided experiences sometimes because you're on the wrong end of a purple son of xerxes sometimes because you're playing dwarves and you just don't have any magic so i think it's a good thing please don't please don't also forget pit of shades there wasn't just one spell bro uh please never forget no there's a ton the dwellers below yeah there's a um, ton yeah right so this is good because yeah. that was a, an incredibly toxic part of the game it was game defining in fact actually it's fair to say it defined the game uh i think that's fair to say so actually removing that means you might actually play the game not just roll six dice to play the game uh so that feels like that's a i a, mean a let's not give them too much credit yet Oh. <laughs> could be could be we'll, 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 we'll see we'll see what they do with it <laughs> i hope it's just a 2d6 versus a 2d6 like i just hope it's that like you know like you know and if he's a high off mage sure. cool he gets plus two i think their justification is weird like oh no one knows magic as well apart from these incredibly old mages apart from them <laughs> Well, they say, so also we have to think that the old world can refer to the game, which includes all kinds of things, or it could also refer to the old world, which is the European continent in the in the Warhammer world. And in that context, no, they don't have the Colleges of Magic yet. They don't have developed school-like um, magical abilities. They're, they're what are they, Cottage Wizards or something? I can't remember the name, the cottage name for them. Yeah. Cottage um, Wizards. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so like, the elves, yes, they know what they're doing, but other elements such as the orcs and goblins, probably not as much. So, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas, uh, obviously, in Wild Fantasy about eight times, like post the Battle of Prague, so uh, P, uh, BBP plus two hundred, uh, orcs yeah. were in school learning their magic. That's right. They were yeah, learning, they were, they were they were learning their magic. Yeah, yeah. They were sat down in a class, just like, oh, interesting. I shout booga wooga louder and then it uh-huh. will... okay all right excellent careful if you if you put that voodoo in the world that might become a mechanic for orc magic so don't don't do it <laughs> final thoughts like jerry springer these exciting uh-huh. game mechanics and many more besides RIP. Combined, with, combined with classic elements of beloved game give both players old and new plenty to consider when planning their armies and mastering their tactics an exciting time okay so uh like that's that's all the info we got so far 
what's your, what's your takeaways? How are you feeling? What do you think people are going to how are people going to respond? Well, I mean, the the main thing to take away here is that it's oh, that it's not going to be the same game. Like I think that a lot some people were kind of assuming that it was going to be mechanically very similar to previous iterations. Um, and I'm not getting that vibe at all. Like, I, like just the, from this, this feels like they have actually, I'm not going to say start from scratch, but they are redesigning how warmer fantasy battles works. So the question is what they come up with. Is it going to be an engaging and, and, you know, tactful, thoughtful game that is worth playing? Time is going to tell on that one. Um, because I will say, despite what you have, despite some of your bad feels of playing the game, Fantasy Battles 8th Edition was good enough to get you super into Warhammer and make you uh, dedicate your life to it for some reason. And same with me. So, like, it was, you know, it was a good game, I think, um, at the end of the day. And let's see what they they bring on this one. I think this particular studio has shown that they're pretty able at at adopting older, discarded Uh, systems and bringing new life into them and making them engaging experiences for people to play. Um, So I'm very hopeful that SDS is the right home for this. Um, And yeah, it is a bit of a bummer, all the model stuff, but it's also hilarious and doesn't matter to me because I have a bunch of AOS stone trolls that are going to be used in old world and there's literally nothing anyone can do to stop me. So there you go. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd actually push back a slight bit. Like, obviously, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle was my first experience of a tabletop game, so uh, it was actually the universe I think I fell in love with a lot more. Um, just, just the, earlier in the week, the new Cities of Sigmar stuff is out, uh, and I've been advocating a so lot. Good. That they, that, yeah, so good that they should be the you know the poster children for like Age of Sigmar, and I was like down a mental rabbit hole. I was like. I'm going to design my own city. I'm going to do my own logo. Like I'm going to get super into it because that's that's the thing that originally captured me. It's one of the things I liked about the old world so much, and still do to this day. High elves felt like high elves. These were IPs that Games Workshop have liberated from most of like the social consciousness of uh, fantasy as is. So it wasn't really hard for yeah. me to transition all the things that I generally loved and moved into like, oh, cool. This is in a singular setting for me. I'm playing a fantasy game, which is great. Uh, and I still think they have that, that going for them with this. And off the back of looking at the minis, like you said, I have several 3D printers. Like, And I'm really excited about putting several of the sculpts that I've seen, which are really exciting because it's the because I still also like that aesthetic mechanic of like the tactile nature of the game. So there's still loads yeah. of minis that I want to print. So like it's probably more likely to be if a part of the law doesn't capture my attention, which it does. So for example, uh, Empire would capture my attention as an example. Um, a lot. Uh, and Seraphon, Lizardmen also capture my attention. But I will always look to the mm. sculpts that make me excited. You know, like those trolls, yeah. the river trolls, the old river trolls obviously are awful, but like the, the, new, the new ones are like a much better. So I would potentially be tempted to put those together as like a kit and put them down on the tabletop. So um, the game itself... Just get the Avatars of War one, man. They, they, have, they have some sick stone trolls. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really, well, really pretty. Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, like, I'm still excited, but I do think there's been some huge missed opportunities for them as a company. Games Workshop Hold. But isn't but that... Know- isn't that what isn't that what we uh, what we're in this for is to be like just super jazzed up about something that could totally be awesome and then just kind of getting it uh yeah okay um <laughs> i don't know maybe like it's weird it's there a weird we've talked about this a million times but they're a weird company it's a weird yes. thing um very weird company but also like and as everyone's saying par for the course i don't think we should ever let that be something we like uh internalize we shouldn't just be like ah it's bad classic like that feels like like <laughs> i feel like keeping a healthy level of uh, uh of, of skepticism is good for the soul uh in many ways oh yeah. yeah yeah i'm just saying that like again i think one of the core things uh that i've been saying this whole time is that like they can't hurt me you know like i already have a game i really like uh i've enjoyed playing a dead game quite frankly frankly, for for the fact that it is what it is. Like, yes, the magic phase maybe is a little wonky um, if you're not into that kind of thing. But at the same time, there's, like, it is what it is. Like, so you know, you know that that's what you're dealing with when you're playing the game. And you can, you can modify it or you can 
um, adapt accordingly. You don't have to be reacting to things that are being dropped on a you know monthly basis to try and get you to buy more stuff that sits in a box. Um, it's 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 a complete game, and I feel like with SDS running this, we're going to have hopefully a consistent but slow pace of release. We're going to get a hopefully more of a labor of love, something that's not so obviously engineered to be um, made uh, obsolete very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. as, which is the feeling, which, which, <laughs> which is a feeling. It's obsolete. It's launched obsoletely. Like, they're like... Exactly. See, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You get it. You get it. You get it. Although uh, it also says to me that it sets them up to immediately replace these ranges um, in the very near future uh, if they so decide to do it. Um, but anyway, I, I I don't know. I don't think there's a way for them to like ruin my buzz for this because as you also said, there's just something about this world that, that I, I find very engaging and has my imagination, has my attention, and I and I just love the look of the battles. I love moving around blocks of infantry. It's been a lot, of, a lot of fun going this way away from 40k, which is, you know, just not doing it for me anymore. And maybe one day I'll try AOS. Oh, I, there are loads of good games out there. I think that like more oh, yeah. than anything, uh, Rogue Copies in the chat earlier saying that I always think the next game is going to be the next biggest game. Um, I think that's because for me it's exciting to see like, uh, I mean, I didn't get that feeling about Titanicus. No, sorry, little tiny tanks, whatever it's called, epic. Not I'm kind of that. excited for that. Are you okay. excited for cool. that? Yeah, I'm not. Like, yeah. but I think, I think, yeah. I think there's some. Real I think that scale. Scope. I think that scale very naturally works. Like, I think that scale is a very natural fit for something like 40k. Yeah, um, I, I, I could agree like with that. that. Or heresy. Yeah, I agree that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty obsessed now with just like like a bunch of different games at the moment, which is really really fun. And old world war. That's great. Immediately have my attention. Uh, when we get more of the information, especially because it's super easy uh, to square base some minis off eBay and bang them on some bases, uh, or 3D print some dudes and stick them on some bases. Uh, I think that'll be my, like, I'll do what I've done with Shatterpoint, where I'll play, like, I don't know, a dozen to 20 games of it with a couple of different armies, and then I'll be like, okay, cool, you know, how's this working? Also, we need to see what the support system for like that's going to be like as well. Like, obviously, for AOS and 40k from Games Workshop, uh, whose CEO earns 1.4 million pounds, uh, we uh, <laughs> we uh, like they have now they do a lot of support for their game systems you know FAQs updates and everything else be interesting to see what kind of support structure Old World has or if they commit to one if they commit to roadmaps that sort of stuff you know very normal modern gaming things as an ecosystem. I'm gonna say that that stuff I'm not holding my breath for I'm gonna I'm gonna hold I'm gonna say that. There will be infrequent updates and errata for this game. That would be my guess. Um, and then how well it does, like in the popular consciousness and sales-wise, will determine how much they support it. Maybe, but not even. Like often, that doesn't even drive their decisions. Very strange company, Rob. We know this. We do know this. Um, who knows? But who knows? My chaos dwarfs are back. Uh, some weird cities dudes are back, which I'm excited about. Uh, or oh, sorry, some empire dudes. Uh, which I'm really Empire excited dudes. about. Empire dudes. And only dudes. <laughs> I swear to God, if there's one lady in that city's a Sigma. No, sorry. The other one. The old, the old. Are they any men yes. elves? Oh my God. Lady elves. If there's not one. There's a handful. There are a handful. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, there's Neferata in Tomb Kings. We got one. There's one. Yeah. Hey, there's skeletons, so like there could be lots of females in there. Put a pink ribbon on it. And, and there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you, we all we all like that video. That was cute. All right. Listen, uh, Val, thanks for being on the show. If you've enjoyed the show, uh, please uh, like and subscribe. Uh, anyone Indeed. you want to shout out, Val? Let's just do it again. Jordan Sorcery. Uh, yeah, Jordan Sorcery. I, I I think I have shouted him out one, at least once previously. He does histories of the game. They're really really awesome. So he's one of my favorite um fantasy guys and he uh i don't know he's he's getting into the age of cynicism though so he's he's leaving so he's he's just finished sixth edition he's done his research but i don't know so well like but no it's just more it's just that like once you get out of like the third and sixth edition era of games workshop you're kind of you're heavily into their corporate era right (laughs) like they're it's a very different way that they approach making things and i'm super fascinated to see how the tone of his histories changes as you get closer to current times. Um, because, uh, you know, he's coming into seventh edition. So like 
that's going to be, you know, Matt Ward and all that kind of stuff going on. This is going to be, that's where they close the doors and they stop supporting stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's fascinating. I'm going to see how his journey goes from here. He might just be a shell of a man after he uh, tries to explain what happened in 8th edition. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun. Anyway, so yeah, and uh, shout out HJP. HJP to all my friends in the United Kingdom. HJP. Um, who's been a wonderful addition to my life and my family. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and shout out the chat. Uh, I've been very sick today. I've been sick the past few days, so I want to thank you for bearing with me because I haven't been the most fun person today, so apologies. Uh, but um, back again tomorrow and all those other things. Thanks, chat. You're the best. Uh, and thanks for listening to the Squarebase podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And here's our outro music.